News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app, this is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You got to ask about that no-fear complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Tell them Mark sent you. All right, we have a ton to get to here on the show today. An absolute ton. And um, one of the things we obviously need to address as we uh, as we kick off the show this morning uh, is the fact that uh, we, the NFL is, is just gone crazy right now. We're, we're heading into week seven, and we got left and right now massive storylines uh, that um, are really going to dictate how the uh, the rest of the season is working. And we're only seven weeks in. You know, we're hitting big bye weeks. We have a lot of... Uh, of um, of a you know trade deadline now is going to heat up if if Christian McCaffrey can mo- get moved like that Robbie Anderson the Panthers obviously going into full tank mode so we'll get to all of those storylines here uh, as we start uh, also a little NBA talk college football talk and uh, and don't forget about the uh, ALCS and the NLDS NLCS uh, we'll get to both of those as well uh, I got a bold prediction on the Phillies and the Padres. Bold, bold prediction. You don't want to miss it. As always, uh, thank you so much for making me a part of your morning. Uh, reach out to me through the On the Mark KMO Facebook page if you're watching on the Facebook Live. Awesome to have you. Thanks so much for being a part of it. And um, you can always hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Let's waste no more time, though. Let's jump into it. Hespen headline number one. Hespen's headlines on the mark. The 49ers have officially entered the group that is known as the Super Bowl or Bust Group. Let me take you back. Take you back. Let's do a little story time. About two months ago, two months ago, we're sitting. It's August 22nd. We're a, a week or two away from the NFL season kicking off. Very exciting time. I'm on this show making predictions Making, uh, making you know, uh, this team's going to make the playoffs. This team's going to win this division. And if you remember, I talked about the San Francisco 49ers like this. And I felt very, very um, good about my 49ers thoughts to start the year. They went along the lines of, you know, my expectations are kind of low for the Niners. The Niners, you know, starting with Trey Lance, it's going to be a year of kind of figuring it out. If Trey Lance can really pop this Niners team could absolutely make the playoffs squeak in as a wild card. Uh, but, you know, like most of the second-year quarterbacks, I expect Trey Lance to have an up-and-down kind of roller coaster year. The Niners will go as he goes, um, and uh, and uh, they'll end up missing the playoffs. But it won't be a disappointment because I think Trey Lance will look good, he'll have good moments, and he'll build a lot of momentum going into year three for Trey Lance and the Niners. Well... Then the conversation for the Niners changes because Trey Lance goes down, and now it's Jimmy G is in, 
And the conversation is, well, we, we now think the Niners definitely should be a playoff team. Uh, they, they, they were a NFC championship game team with Jimmy G last year. They have Jimmy G back in the full-time starting role with plenty of the season left. The majority of the season left, Trey Lance out. And so uh, pressure's on. Definitely got to make the playoffs and kind of a win-now roster. Now you trade a sec- this year's second, this year's third, this year's fourth overall picks. Uh, you know, fourth round picks, next year's fifth round pick to go out and get Christian McCaffrey, who, uh, when healthy, is a absolute um, dynamic playmaker in the sense of a Tyree Kill type of player can just wreck your game plan when healthy uh, to to go all in. So the Niners have now officially moved into that group that is known as the Super Bowl or bust group. And that is a group that only had five teams in it to begin the year, and the Niners make it now six teams in the Super Bowl or bus group. And it's an easy group to identify. I think we all can agree, going into the season, there were five teams that were Super Bowl or bust. The Niners now join them. It is Super Bowl or bust. And so what's scary about being in the Super Bowl or bust group is is that only one team is going to win the Super Bowl. And it's not even a guarantee that the teams in the Super Bowl or bust team are, is, is going to be that team that wins the Super Bowl. You could have a surprise team like the Bengals last year who certainly weren't in the Super Bowl or bust category, and they're in the Super Bowl. So being in the Super Bowl or bust category is good because it means you're competitive. It means you're one of the better teams. It means your fan base has a lot to look forward to, and there's a lot of positivity. But it's a scary place to be because only one team wins the Super Bowl every year. So who are the five teams that uh, that the Niners now make at number six to be in the Super Bowl or bust category? Well, it's pretty obvious in the NFC. The Rams were in Super Bowl or bust, defending Super Bowl champions. They were all in last year, all in this year. They make the move for Allen Robinson, make the move for Bobby Wagner. Uh, they spent a lot of money. Uh, you know, they have Matt Stafford. They're all in. They're They're all in every year, Super Bowl or bust. Obviously, the Buccaneers, Super Bowl or bust. If Tom Brady is on your team, it is Super Bowl or bust. I don't care what else you have as far as coaching goes, roster goes. If you have Tom Brady, you are a Super Bowl or bust team. Obviously, then the Packers are in a similar category. If you have Aaron Rodgers, it is a Super Bowl or bust team. So the Niners joined that group of NFC teams that were Super Bowl or bust. Now, there's only two teams in the AFC that were Super Bowl or bust. And obvious as well, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. If you have Patrick Mahomes, he is now Aaron Rodgers of a decade ago. You're the most talented quarterback. You're the best quarterback. You're Super Bowl or bust. I don't care what the roster around you looks like. So the Chiefs, obviously Super Bowl or bust. Um, They're in a different type of Super Bowl or bust compared to the Packers, the Rams, and the Buccaneers because their window is more open, right? You have your quarterback in the prime of his career, where the NFC teams, those three quarterbacks, end of their prime, end of the career. So it's a different timeline. It's still two Super Bowl or bust. And the Bills are the other team in that, and Josh Allen is the same way. Got to make a Super Bowl. Got to be in that in, in that all-in category when you have who you'd argue is the most talented quarterback in the NFL, one of the most talented quarterbacks we've seen in NFL history. So the Niners are now in that group. And the Niners are the weird one in that group because the Niners – they are on the timetable that's more similar to the Bills and the Chiefs, but their quarterback situation is so in flux. 
uh, that it, it's definitely win now. I mean, they're more they're more in line with the Rams. Uh, your your quarterback situation is kind of in flux. You have a guy that you feel like can lead you to a Super Bowl. He's done it before. He's led you to an NFC Championship game last year. Uh, you have a roster that's very win now. But the reason you gave up the picks and you went out and got Trey Lance and 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 tried to extend your timeline is because you felt your quarterback in the biggest moments couldn't step up and make those game winning plays. And so the Niners, uh, the Niners are absolutely now in the Super Bowl or bust category, and it's going to be fascinating to watch the rest of the season. And 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 it leads us into a huge, huge Week Seven matchup with the Chiefs, who are also in Super Bowl or bust. So I think there's six teams right now. Do I think they are the best six teams in the NFL? Absolutely not. Uh, I think all six of those teams, minus the Packers, I put five of those teams in my top ten. I wouldn't put the Packers in the top ten. Um, uh, I, but I think the Eagles, the Bengals, the Ravens, all are going to have say a say in this Super Bowl or bust category for these teams. It's a good place to be. It's a bad place to be. The Niners are officially in the Super Bowl or bust team. Now that is the initial. They're there. We have that's a fact, right? We have so the trade happens. Fact of the matter is, Niners are now in the Super Bowl or bust category. So now let's take a, a bigger step back. Do I think it was the right trade and a good trade for the Niners? I do. I really do. It's a lot to give up. But the Niners have learned from the team in their own division, the Rams, when you have this level of talent, when you are in this win-now mode, draft picks are pretty meaningless to you. And you can win Super Bowls without draft picks. The Rams literally just did it. Literally just did it. So the Niners are taking a page out of that. The Niners are also... I mean, they're a historic franchise that has no problems getting free agents, signing players, and created a, they've created a real winning culture. So I think they're going to bank on the fact that they can do what the Rams just did this offseason, keep messing with the cap, find the Odell Beckhams on the, on the short one-year deals, find the Allen Robinsons, find the Bobby Wagners, these veteran players uh, that are in a win-now mode to keep building. And... Let's be honest, the Niners do have the benefit of a quarterback on a rookie deal. So they're going to get Trey Lance back next year with all this talent around him, and they're paying their quarterback pennies on the dollar compared to the Chiefs, the Bills, the Rams, and these other teams, the Packers, paying $50 million a year, the the Broncos paying $48 million a year for for, uh, Russell Wilson. So they're in a really good spot. If you're going to make the all-in moves, now's the time to make them. And yeah, you really only kill one draft class for yourself. Next year, this year, upcoming draft for the for the Niners is non-existent, non-existent. And I think they can survive that. They can definitely survive that. They have a ton of talent. The Niners' problem has always been they just can't stay healthy enough. If the Niners can stay healthy, get healthy, uh, they are absolutely a threat to win the Super Bowl this year right now. So I think it's a good move. Super Bowl banners and trophies. Buy you a lot of time, and I think the Niners have realized they 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 have no other option right now. They can't go into a rebuild. They 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 don't want to trade off pieces to just get more picks. Why not give up the picks? Go get a piece that you think is going to help you win now. And Christian McCaffrey, it's the biggest if in football, but if he's healthy, he is a game changer in the same way that Tyree Kill is. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. So let's flip this on its head now, right? Got to flip it on its head. 
So let's look at the from the Panthers' perspective. The Panthers have now fired their coach, traded Robbie Anderson, and then traded their best player in and their franchise player in Christian McCaffrey. So if I'm the Sam, if I'm the Panthers, how do I feel? I feel great this morning if I'm a Panthers fan. I got to be honest. I feel absolutely terrific. And the reason I feel terrific is because my stock is in an all-time high right now. And the chances of it going up are big. The Pan- the, the Carolina Panthers right now are on a fast track for the number 1 overall pick. It's them, it's Houston. I mean, they are a one-win team. Houston's a one-win team. The only other one-win team is the Raiders, and the Raiders are a better team than their record, one of four. They've had a tough schedule, and they are, they are not looking for the number one overall pick. The Raiders would much rather be 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and than two or three wins or one win on the season. The Panthers now all in on one win and, and 16 losses. They're all in. So it's them in Houston, and and so they are. They've guaranteed themselves an opportunity to get basically one of the two game changing quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. They're available. They can go get their guy, or or, or and and have a chance at it. And they have a ton of capital now to either move back up in the draft, get another first rounder, and they still have pieces to sell off. They're going to have a young quarterback with a young core in a winnable division. The NFC South is wide open. Who knows what the Falcons are doing? They're winning too many games with Marcus Mariota, some of their fans would argue. The Buccaneers are literally on a year-to-year timetable basis, and they don't seem like world beaters. And the Saints are absolutely in no man's land. They are stuck. They don't have first-round picks. They have a quarterback situation that is a mess. They have injuries all across their star players. So the the Panthers, their, their window is becoming really, really juicy, wide open. The stock is high for the Panthers. Absolutely high for the Panthers. But the problem if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, and this is a scary position to be in if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, is your next two moves are your biggest franchise moves, and they are the ones that, are so unpredictable and a crapshoot. You have two giant holes to fill if you're the Carolina Panthers, head coach and quarterback. And and they are, without a doubt, the two biggest things that lead towards winning. But you have an aggressive owner who's got deep pockets, who's willing to pay and win now. So I think the Carolina Panthers job is an attractive coaching job. I, I like the owner. He's aggressive. He wants to win I like the division if I'm a head coach out there available looking for that job. You know, if I'm an Eric Bieniemy or one of the other pristine candidates, I like I like the landscape of the division. I like the owner, and I like that I can go get my quarterback high up in the draft, and then I have a ton of picks to start filling out this roster. In two to three years, would it shock any of us if the Carolina Panthers are running away with the NFC South? It wouldn't shock me. wouldn't shock me at all. This rebuild has happened at a perfect time, and they have gotten an abundance of picks. They took advantage of the Cardinals and the Robbie Anderson deal. I think they got great value for that. They took advantage of the Niners for the uh, two teams that need to win now, and they they fleeced them with picks. They have D.J. Moore sitting on the roster. I don't know if I would trade D.J. Moore. I think he's a 
valuable asset for your young quarterback who you have to go out and get. But if you can get a team like my dumb Chicago Bears to overpay, then why not? Listen, all all phone lines are open in Carolina. Overall, it's a mega trade. It shape it shifts the landscape of the NFC. And for the Carolina Panthers, if I'm a Panthers fan this morning, I feel good that my stock is high. You just got to trust that your organization nails the head coach and nails the quarterback, and you should be fine. You should be more than fine if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. Uh, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Listen to the show on our app on the, on the on the airwaves as you are at 1070 AM or Search on the Mark KHMO on Facebook and join us having some fun there. When we come back, we will break down a full Week 7 preview, which includes my lock, my upset, and my toss-up of the week. It's on the Mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. First, we decide. I'm EB, and welcome to Heartbeat. In John 21, we find the disciples of Jesus in a boat all night long, trying to catch fish, but with no luck. As they were coming ashore, Jesus called out to them by saying, Do you have any fish? They yelled back, No! And Jesus replied, Cast your net to the other side of the boat. And just like that, their nets were overflowing. The interesting thing is that this took place after Jesus' resurrection. And we find the disciples back to business as usual. They spent three years with Jesus, and here they are back to their old stomping grounds, doing what they've always done. We could say, well, they're only human. Well, so are we. And Jesus has invited us to do the same thing. Maybe it's time to cast your net on the other side of your boat. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. you got to ask them about that no-fear complimentary powertrain warranty. The lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Tell them Mark Senship. Thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning, whether you're listening on our airways, on the KHMO app, or following along on the On The Mark KHMO Facebook page. Follow the show there. Also, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. All right, let's jump into it. Hespen headline number two. Hespen's headlines on the mark. So let's go through week seven in the NFL, including my lock, my toss-up, and my upset of the week. Four and four on the year in my on my picks for my locks and my upsets. I thought last week was the week to get above 500. My Eagles... They did it for me. I cannot believe the Chiefs couldn't cover two and a half point fate, uh, getting the two and a half points and couldn't uh, couldn't hold on to the cover. Credit to the Bills. Uh, let me first start by saying huge win for the Cardinals on Thursday night. It doesn't maybe feel like it, but it but it is. It's a big win. Um, they are a team that, unlike the Panthers, is in win now mode. You got to win games, and for them to. Uh, a quarterback play well, offense get moving. I mean, this is a coach on a long-term deal, a GM on a long-term deal, and a quarterback on a long-term deal. They've got to find a way to get along and win games. So I think that was good, as good of a win for the Cardinals as it could have been. You know, they let the the, the Saints kind of get back in that game late, but um, the game wasn't as close as the final score 
led. The Cardinals felt comfortable throughout the game. All right, let's get it started. The three and three Falcons at the three and three Bengals. Uh, this is a this is a game that um, the Bengals getting six and a half. Um, I think the Bengals stay hot. I think the Bengals uh, offense found their rhythm in New Orleans last week. I like the Bengals to win at home against the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are feisty. The Falcons are are playing with a lot of confidence, and I think the Falcons are doing uh, the kind of rebuild that the Giants are doing. A rebuild in which we win games in which we build culture, but also knowing that we probably don't have our long-term quarterback in our building, but that's okay because we want to, we believe in our coach and we believe in building and winning as part of the culture. Uh, But I think the Falcons will take a big L here in, uh, in Cincinnati today, one and four lions at the four and two Cowboys. And we arrive at my upset of the week. I love the lions plus six and a half. Love, love, love the Lions plus six and a half. I think the Cowboys probably win the game, but I think the Lions keep it really close. I think they're able to frustrate Dak Prescott a bit. I think the Lions are absolutely going to get back to scoring in this game. They got absolutely uh, demoralized in New England. And they're on the bye week, right the ship. I think their defense will come out rested, be a little feistier than they've been so far this year. And I think you'll see the Lions healthier and scoring. St. Brown coming back. Jared Goff against that uh, Cowboys defense has got a really good front seven. But I like the Lions offensive line, so I think that neutralizes a bit. And the back end of the Cowboys defense can give up big plays. The Lions can hit big plays. I like the Lions plus six and a half as my upset of the week. Uh, We move now to the uh, three and three. uh, Where am I at? Oh, the three, two, and one Colts at the three and two Titans. This is a huge game. The Titans are up one zero on the Colts already. Uh, their records are very similar, but if the Titans can get this win at home and be up two nothing on the Colts and sweep the season series, that's huge for them winning the division. Especially because the Colts having that tie will help them at the end of the year as far as uh, winning percentage goes. I like the Titans at home. I like Derrick Henry in in Nashville. I think there's a lot of energy around the Titans right now. They just announced that new stadium deal. I think that is one of those weird things that could just help energize a franchise, knowing that this team's about to get a $2 billion uh, dome investment. I think that the the Titans' offense has gotten back to the basics, feeding Derrick Henry, and and Ryan Tannehill is a complementary piece to that. Colts had to throw the ball 52 times to win last week. It's not what the Colts need to do. They need to get back to running the ball. I don't think it's a great matchup for them to do so. I think the Titans just kind of own the Colts Colts right now in the NFC South. I think it's a really close game. I'll take the Titans at home over uh, over the Colts. Uh, You have the Packers 3-3 at the Commanders. I so wanted this to be my upset of the week. Taylor Heineke gets the start for the Commanders. I actually think that's a huge boost for them. A huge boost. The the Commanders are on a mini-buy playing last Thursday. Well-rested. Plenty of time to get Taylor Heineke all the first-team reps. He knew from basically as soon as that game ended with the Bears that he was going to be starting uh, with with the Commanders with the broken finger for Wentz. I honestly think... This has a upset written all over it. But on the flip side, the Packers 
losing at home in embarrassing fashion last week to the Jets that has all of the markings for them to come out and Aaron to have a four-touchdown, no-interception big day where they kind of R-E-L-E-X, relaxed type of Aaron Rodgers. This is my this is my uh, toss-up of the week. I don't I don't want to touch this game, and I'm not going to bet this game. I have no feeling for it. If you think you have a, a good feel for it, hit me up on Twitter, at Mark Hessman. What are you betting, Commanders, uh, 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 Packers? I'll take the Packers to win in an in as ugly game. I think it's kind of neither or. I think it'll be in the end. I could see the you know all these sides. So I think Packers seventeen fourteen maybe squeak out a win. Uh, but uh, it's I don't really want to touch it. I'm staying away. It's my toss up. Uh, Buccaneers three and three at the one and five Panthers. Now the I wanted this to be my my lock of the week. A lock is where you take a favorite to cover the points. But it's a lot of points. It's 13 points. The Panthers are in full-on tank mode. Uh, the Bucks coming off an embarrassing loss to uh, the the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the, the Buccaneers come out well-oiled, efficient. They, they beat up on their own division. But I don't know if they cover the 13. It's a lot of points. I'll take the Bucks to win pretty easily. In uh, Carolina, uh, then we have the five and one Giants at the two and four Jaguars. This is the weirdest game of the week. Vegas is trying to tell us something. The Jaguars are favored at home by three. Vegas wants you to bet the Giants. They want the public money. Oh my God, a five and one team, an underdog. I think this is Vegas telling you that they feel really good about the Jaguars being able to win this game at home. That these teams are actually closer and would be it'd be even on a neutral field. I don't know how to feel about this game completely. I like the Giants to actually go in and upset the 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 the, the Jaguars in Jacksonville mainly because I just think they have right now a culture that is playing with absolutely nothing to lose. They are throwing everything in caution to the wind and then some where the Jaguars defensively have some big holes. I think that um, uh, that uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, will be able to move the ball on the Giants defense, but will he be able to score? He's had some trouble in the red zone this year. I like the Giants, uh, but uh, it's a weird, weird line. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bait-and-switch type of line. Um, we now move to the uh, Browns two and four at the Ravens three and three. I love the Ravens in this game. I think they'll take care of the Browns handily. The line is six and a half. Um, could the could the you know J- uh, Browns get a backdoor cover at the end? Maybe, but I like I like the uh, the Ravens. They have lost too many games where they've won had big leads. I think they get refocused. I think that Giants loss to them was embarrassing, but I also think Wink Martindale. Knew exactly what to do to uh, to get after Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. The Ravens own the Browns. The Browns have been uh, abysmal defensively this year, and they've been throwing the ball way too much when they just need to pound the rock. I think this is the shortest game on the slate. I think both teams are going to run the heck out of the rock, and uh, then the the Ravens should get out of there with a 21-16, 21-17 victory pretty easily. Uh, the uh, lock of the week. We arrive at the lock of the week, and it's a weird one, but let me explain why. Um, I like the Texans 
and the Raiders and the Raiders to cover the seven. I think the Texans have shown a lot of feistiness. The Texans are a are a um, a better playing better football than I certainly predicted they would. But the Raiders at home, off the bye, ton of time to get ready for this game, and the Raiders can score, and the Raiders will put up points. I think the Raiders can easily win this one 21-14 and cover this uh, uh, 21-13, something like that, 24-13, where it's maybe close for a little bit early, but the the Raiders pull away too much Devontae Adams. I like the Raiders uh, at home as my lock. So there we go. My upset, if you're betting along with me, take the Lions to cover the 6.5 and and take the Raiders to cover the 7. Lock and upset of the week. All right, back to the uh, back to the games here. We have the um, Broncos hosting the Jets. This is ugly. The Broncos getting only one point at home. Um, the Jets are flying high, playing a lot like the Giants right now with absolutely nothing to lose. I think it is a uh, a really competitive game. I think it's a really close game. I think it's actually going to be a game that in a lot of ways people are going to be like, ugly, I don't want to watch this. I'm fascinated. I mean, how can you not be fascinated with what's going on with the Broncos right now? They are nearing implosion mode. I mean, absolute implosion mode. Um, Russell Wilson's getting his sandwich pulled off the shelves. Um, It's a noon start. Russell Wilson's starting to feel a little bit like Kirk Cousins, where if no one's watching, he might put up three touchdowns, uh, no interceptions, 300 yards, and get out of there with a win. But it's a good defense for the Jets, a good defensive line, a bad Broncos offensive line. I like the Jets to upset the Broncos in Denver. We move now to the 4-2 and two Chiefs at the 3-3 three and three Niners. This is my other game that what it might was close to being my toss-up of the week. Uh, but I will make a prediction on this. I like the Chiefs in, uh, in San Francisco to get a win. A lot of energy with San Francisco. Christian McCaffrey will be playing. Uh, they're good at home. Jimmy G's comfortable at home. But this Chiefs team just coming off a loss, I don't see them losing back-to-back weeks. It's certainly not a trap game. They weren't looking past, uh, you know, uh, the you know overlooking the Niners because of the Bills. I think uh, this is. It, I think it's one of those games. If the Chiefs would have beaten the Bills, absolutely a trap game for the Chiefs. But losing to the Bills, I think they had a, a focus week of practice. Andy Reid doesn't lose back-to-back games often. No, nor does Patrick Mahomes. Lower scoring, I think it's a physical game, but I think Patrick Mahomes gets a chance late and he takes care of business. I like the Chiefs at the Niners. Sunday night football, the Steelers at the Dolphins. Kenny Pickett looks like he's getting the start. Tua's getting the start. I love the Dolphins in this spot. In Miami, warm, Tua back, good energy, good vibes for the Dolphins. I think they take care of Pittsburgh pretty easily. Pittsburgh got their kind of upset, shocking win last week. Um, they, they, I think they'll come back down to earth a little bit. I think that uh, the, the Dolphins' defense will be able to sink its teeth against the Steelers' offensive line that really has been struggling at times this year. And watch Tua come back and want to show, hey, I'm good, I'm healthy, this is the right decision for me to be playing, throw a couple touchdowns, take care of the football. I like the Dolphins on Sunday night football. Finally, my Bears at the Patriots Monday night football as we conclude our week seven breakdown. Patriots are favored by seven and a half. This is scary. Um, Let's be honest. Bill Belichick destroys bad offenses. Bill Belichick 
I mean, he, you saw what he did to Jared Goff in the the in the Lions two weeks ago. Bill Belichick eats up young quarterbacks for breakfast. They don't score on him, and uh, he's found a little bit of spark in Bailey Zappi. It looks like Zappi is going to start, uh, even though Mac Jones may be healthy. Either way, I don't think it matters too much. I think it's really low scoring. I think it's ugly. I think the Bears defense plays well. I think they can ma- they actually match up to the Patriots well. Can Justin Fields create some magic? I mean, how does Nick Saban lose in college football to mobile quarterbacks who create magic? Who can beat the Patriots? Mobile quarterbacks who create magic. I'm taking the Bears. Upset victory. 17-14. They get a pick six interception return for a touchdown. Cairo Santos, it's a big field goal late after Justin Fields drives him down. Nikhil Harry, revenge game. He's playing for the Bears. Bears 17, Patriots 14. Upset Bears. Monday Night Football. All right, uh, that is gonna that's gonna do it for our uh, Hespin headline number two. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk college football, the Alabama loss, why it's n- it doesn't open the door as much as you think for all these other teams. It doesn't. We'll talk about that next, and some of the big games that really matter in college football this weekend. On the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Hi, I'm news correspondent Bob Woodruff. In 2006, a roadside bomb struck the armored vehicle I was riding in while reporting from Iraq. I sustained a life-threatening traumatic brain injury. The military term, got your six, means I have your back. And that day, our service members had mine. During my recovery, I learned firsthand the challenges facing our service members who return home with injuries. While serving, their fellow service members always had their six. Now that they're home, it is our turn. We started the Bob Woodruff Foundation to make sure that the camaraderie and support they relied on in the military carries on. And we need you. Please join us as part of the Got Your Six initiative and help us be there for impacted veteran service members and their families. They've had our backs. It's time we have theirs. Learn more at gotyoursix.org. That's gotyoursix.org. Using the number six. Education looks different for everyone. Victor Fulgencio, a United States Marine Corps veteran, turned to the GI Bill to pay for his training as journeyman pipe fitter through the Pipe Fitters Local 597 in Mokina. We go through the welding program where we have deadlines for certain welds that we have to get done, and they're all very challenging. For more information about GI Bill benefits, visit the Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs website at www.illinois.gov. Veterans. You wash your hands. You allergy forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Bright sunshine expected today with highs around 83. Winds out of the south 10 to 20 miles per hour. Lows around 62 tonight. Partly cloudy. Mainly cloudy skies expected tomorrow. Daytime highs approaching 79. Right now 64. Welcome on back down the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you. By Cunis Honda Hyundai, they are your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. But they're more than just Honda and Hyundai. Check out their over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. Shop the network of dealers at the Cunis family. Shop Cunis.com. Go to shop 
CunisHyundai.com, uh, CunisHonda.com, or just shop Cunis.com. Stop in the dealership, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you, and, uh, you know, shop online. That's how I found my truck. They make the buying experience so easy. Join the Cunis family. You won't regret it. All right. Got to talk college football here. And, and, you know, massive upset. Tennessee beats Alabama. Upset of the year. Goalposts ripped up. They're on the field. They're marching. Alabama's loss, Alabama's loss does not mean, okay, well, now the door is wide open and, and you know, look out, here comes the Pac-12, here comes the Big 12, and you're going to have, you know, uh, a, you know, a, a one one conference per, you know, represented in, in, uh, in the football playoff. There's only four spots in the college football playoff still. They haven't expanded yet, right? So... This weekend is hugely important because Alabama, if you go to their schedule, absolutely can get back into the college football playoff. Absolutely. They, uh, they're they hosting Mississippi State, number 24th in the country this year. If they, they're 21-point favorites. I would hammer Alabama to win that game, minus 21. They then are at LSU, at number 7 Ole Miss, and then Austin Peavy and Auburn to wrap up the season. If Alabama runs the table, they will be in the SEC championship game. And then it's it's Alabama versus either Georgia or Tennessee at a neutral field, and they whoever wins is guaranteed in. Now, I know what you're saying already. Wait a minute, Mark. You just set it on up. Dang it, we're going to have two SEC teams in the playoff again, aren't we? It's possible. The only way I think it's not possible is if Georgia can lose to Tennessee or Tennessee loses to Georgia, they play each other still. One of them has a one loss. Alabama loses to a, you know, Mississippi State today and then beats an Ole Miss. And then you have multiple kind of jargony one loss teams. Then I would argue depending on how the Big Ten shakes out and, and uh, the, the Pac-12 and the, and the Big 12, you could see one of each conference getting in. A one-loss SEC team that's a conference champion with an undefeated Michigan or undefeated Ohio State, an undefeated TCU, uh, and an undefeated UCLA, then maybe you're talking about that's – but again, that's a lot of big one-ifs. Alabama is, all, is still right in the thick of this thing. Alabama's schedule is is uh, it, that Ole Miss game is everything coming up right now. Uh, you can't they can't lose again. It, their margin for error is slim now. You can't lose again. You got to beat Ole Miss, and Alabama's got to really kind of win out. Georgia, meanwhile, is uh, off, and then they have Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Kentucky. So Georgia still got a, a heck of a schedule to go through, uh, including that number three uh, number three overall Tennessee, Tennessee. All they got to do is get by UT Martin today. They, they cannot have a slip-up, so they set themselves up well for that Kentucky game and then the Georgia game. I mean, they, there are still some massive, massive games here that could totally shake it. Just because Alabama loses, don't be dancing on their grave saying Nick Saban's not winning another championship. Nick Saban could very well win another NCAA championship this year. The Big Ten also is a player for two teams in the playoffs right now. Uh, they, they're, but they're in it. They're in a, a more precarious spot, right? 
The problem with the Big Ten is their two best teams are in the same division in the conference. They're in the East, Michigan and Ohio State. So they will play each other, hopefully undefeated. Say Ohio State beats Michigan really close, 36-33, last-minute field goal in a in an all-timer great game. You have a one-loss Michigan team, an Ohio State team that goes on and then beats maybe Illinois in the Big Ten title, and you have, a, you have an undefeated Ohio State team. So then you get to start arguing, if you have an undefeated Ohio State team, they'd probably be number one overall in the country, depending on what happens with Georgia. Michigan's only losses to number one Ohio State, and it's really close. You could start arguing we could have two Big Ten, two SEC. You can make the argument those are the four best teams in the country. I think you could. So that's why, let's go back to this week's games, are so important. You have um, number five Clemson, 7-0, and uh, 6-0 versus number 14, 6-0 Syracuse. Clemson. Style points. You got to win, and you got to win convincingly in Syracuse. You got to blow them out. This is about style points now. If you're Clemson and beating up on who you have left in your schedule, number seven Ole Miss. You want a chance? You got to beat up LSU at LSU. Go into LSU. Get a, get yourself a W. I don't even think it has to be a blowout, but you got you you got to win. Number for for the Pac-12. It is massive for you. If they want a representation, if the Pac-12 wants in on the college football playoff, Chip Kelly and six, and number 9 UCLA, 6-0, and oh, have to go to Oregon today, 5-1, and one, number 10 Oregon, and they got to blow them out. Chip Kelly's got to blow out his old, his, his old team. you got to get those style points. Got to get those style points. And for the Pac-12, it's the same thing right now with TCU. All eyes on TCU, number 8 in the country, they have a chance here against the ranked 17th ranked 5 and 1 Kansas State at Kansas State. You have Clemson, UCLA and TCU. The reps for the other conferences, the ACC, the Big 12 and the Pac-12. If they if those conferences want a chance to get one of those four spots and wrangle them away from the four big t- the Big 10 and the and the, and the SEC. Those three teams on the road against ranked opponents today, Clemson, TCU, UCLA, have got to have big games. Winning with winning impressively as well. And when we come back, a couple quick stories to wrap it up, including baseball, Ray. My prediction on uh, the ALCS and the NLCS. It's on the market. News Talk 1070, KHMO, the KHMO app. First, we decide. When you're high, you feel different. Think different, you talk different, you draw different, you listen to music different, but you probably knew that. Problem is, you also drive different, and not in a good way. That's why driving high is illegal everywhere. So if you're high, just don't drive. Make a plan to get a sober ride. Because if you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm Danny Schaefer, lifestyle content creator. My little brother was just 33 when we lost him. If you know someone taking opioids, have a safety plan and talk about it. Be prepared. Learn how at reversedsilence.org. We're KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Stop by the dealership, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. 
ask them about that no fear powertrain lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. Shop online, shop com. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. Last couple minutes as we're wrapping up the show here. Uh, I want to talk baseball. Phillies now lead the uh, NLCS 2-1 over the Padres. Huge win from last night. Home, Schwarber homered again, uh, getting the uh, the win for Suarez. Uh, listen, I'm going to just go out and say it. I think I think the Phillies win this thing four one. I don't think this. I don't think this goes back to San Diego. There is an energy, an electricity in the city of Philadelphia right now. A Sixers are zero two, but the Eagles playing well. You saw Jason Kelsey out there. Uh, at the, at the game last night, I I think there's something special going on with Philadelphia, and I try to tell Cardinals fans this on the morning show, mornings of Mark and Sam on 97.9 Kick FM. I said, if you're a Cardinals fan, you should be rooting for the Phillies because the Phillies losing to the Phillies is only okay if the Phillies going to win the World Series, and I think the Phillies are on this kind of magical run right now. Schwarber is uh, a special player. I, I, I Schwarber is the type of guy that kills me. That uh, the Cubs let him walk out the door. He, he should have been a Cub for life. He's just dominating right now for the Phillies. There's an energy. There's a passion in Philadelphia right now. And I think the Phillies, I don't think it goes back. I really don't. I just don't think it goes back to uh, to San Diego. Uh, the Phillies tonight, uh, you know, Clevenger versus Falter, uh, you know, uh, I like the Phillies. I like the Phillies. It's even. That's what the line says. I'm all on. I'm all on the fighting fills, the fightings. Uh, as far as the Astros and Yankees go in the ALCS, listen, the Astros are up two nothing, but Garrett Cole's on the mound tonight in Yankee Stadium. I think it's going to be electric atmosphere. Um, I think that the Yankees, in my opinion, can take this thing back to Houston three two. I think the Yankees absolutely can take care of business at home. Uh, I think they. I think that the the hitting is favorable for them at home. They have uh, pitching matchups that I like, especially tonight with Garrett Cole on the mound. I like the Yankees to take it back three two. Now, what happens when they get back to Houston? I don't know, but I could see the I, I could see the ALCS still go in seven. I really could. The NL NLD NLCS. I listen. I, I'm at the. I'm all in the Phillies. I think they. I think they take it in in five now. I really do. ALCS. I'm going to predict seven games quickly in the NBA. Just as the first couple games are underway, some things I've noticed. Um, don't buy the Jazz. Jazz are 2-0. They're playing team basketball fun. That's great. It's not going to last long. You're going to watch. This is playing even more into the Jazz's hand. They're going to show, hey, Jordan Clarkson playing really well. Laurie Markin playing really well. They're going to trade those guys like hotcakes. Look out for you know, the, the Lakers, other teams that are bad teams, going hard after some of those guys and poaching Poaching, poaching, poaching. because And the Jazz will let him do it. They want Victor Wambanyana. Uh, John Morant is now hitting five threes a game. That's bad news for the NBA. <laughs> John Morant hit five uh, threes in that win last night. And that that's the type of stuff when you see that in the box score, you go, oh, he's getting better. And he's really working towards it. And John Morant is, is an absolute weapon. That's scary for the NBA. Good for the Celtics starting 2-0. and Against the Sixers and the Heat, they're two kind of biggest rivals in the East besides the Bucks, and um, I think it's a great sign for Celtics fans. I I know you know from me from last week I did my NBA predictions. 
I had the Celtics take a couple steps back. I thought the controversy, the coaching. Now, long-term, it might. Still early in the season. They're playing off maybe some energy, but that's a really good way to shut up the haters and to calm the noise down by starting off 2-0 with big wins against big rival opponents. Um, uh, the Rockets stink. Uh, the, I mean, the, the, the Lakers stink. I got to say that. The Lakers stink. The Lakers need to be aggressive, and, and they're... I don't get why they weren't more aggressive in the offseason. I mean, the Lakers need to call the Jazz and start poaching. You know, give me Jordan Clarkson and Laurie Market and take whatever you need. You guys want to lose. We want to win. We need we need players like that. Uh, and then finally, Zach Levine and the Bulls. Uh, this season's going to stink, isn't it? You know, it makes me so mad. How can you not talk about your knee? A knee's healthy all summer long. No issues. And now we're on load management with the knee. <sighs> That's frustrating. It's really, really frustrating as a Bulls fan, but we'll deal with it. DeMar DeRozan playing great. Should have won last night. Great comeback in the fourth, losing the Wizards on the road. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great Saturday. Big football weekend. Hit me up on Twitter, at Mark Hespin. It's on the mark on Newstalk 1070K. Jamo. Hey, it's Dana Cortez, and I'm married.